0: BLOB TALK RADIO They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away. All
1: right. Here we go. Yes, we are. We are, we are, we are. All
2: right. I'm having to deal with my cat at the moment, so uh, I had to jump up. He's, he's learned how to jump from the little box the TV lives on onto the TV, onto the mantle place. Oh my So it's the new game of watch me jump up here And then I'll come get you And then I'll jump right back up And I'll come get you And then he'll jump right back up So that's what I've been doing while our intro music played yeah. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Trying to keep him from breaking his neck Or, you know, ruining the TV right. or whatever But he does not like to be taken down From the mantel place And he yells at me when I pick him up But anyway, sorry <laughs>
1: okay. It's like, now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Isn't it fun with with animals? They they do have a a way of keeping us I mean really in the moment. They do not let us mm-hmm. go like off into some la la land. And I find no. that especially and and I miss. I really miss having a cat in my life. And yeah. I know because I was actually mentioning it to someone and saying this is the first time in yeah. Decades and decades and decades, including growing up as a kid, that um, I haven't had a cat, and I could probably What's say so in my entire life. About,
2: he's so saucy because like, there's a you know, there's a couple different spots in the house where I tend to work. You know, I'll sit in this room yeah. and work over there or whatever, and in every room there's something he's not supposed to touch or mess with. And no right. matter what, he goes right for that thing. It's clear he wants to play and be paid attention to because he goes right to the thing he knows he's not supposed to mess with, but only if I'm in that room. If I'm not in the room, he ignores it. He doesn't do anything with it. He's such a brat. But, yes, that's our sweet. <laughs> yes, they are.
1: <laughs> I mean, we know dogs are, you know, they have their, they have, you know, the the same you know they have different ways of doing it, but they have similar ways to get our attention. Yeah. I just find oh, sad, You know, and for me, I was thinking really and truly because there's a reason, and I've mentioned this on the show before that doing getting an, a cat before I move out of state is really very difficult, especially when you're yeah. trying to show your place and you already have issues with the fact that you have two dogs that you have to, you know, kind of figure out. Raining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But I was walking the dogs, um, not, was it this morning? No, yesterday afternoon, and they, they, there's lots of outdoor cats. People have their cats coming and going, and, of course, they're, you know. And the dogs are like, cat, yes, and they're ready to go, you know. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know, it's going to serve you right. We're going to get a cat, probably an older <laughs> kitten. I'm not getting a baby kitten, but an older kitten or a, you know, younger cat. And I said, you're going yeah. to have to learn to socialize with each other. And this is, I said, it. so as far as I'm concerned, your your time of thinking that cats are your predator and their prey is coming to an end very early. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're, they're they're just like, mm. anyhow, it was kind of a trip. But so, how was your week, my dear?
2: Yeah, you know, pretty much the same as last week. I'm just trying to get caught up on my my manuscripts due at the end of the month, so I'm working on that every day. And then, uh, you know, if the world was normal, next week with Thanksgiving is kind of the busiest retail kickoff of the year. You know, basically from the day after Thanksgiving until the day after Christmas is is all cylinders firing at at the shop I don't really know what it's going to look like this year but I'm preparing for it to look like something like normal I at least want to make sure I have options for people if they're looking for gifts you know so I've been getting some new things and stocking up on old favorites and things like that but it's it's a lot of extra work so between this manuscript being due and um the amount of extra work I have at the shop I'm just a little bit Overwhelmed, but well, I was saying to Elvira before the show started, I'm really feeling like I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, and tonight I have, you know, I do the goddess gatherings I've been doing for like close to a decade now. And tonight, for the first time, I'm not doing a goddess. We're, we're featuring Dionysus, who is one of my beloveds, one of the deities I work with on a daily basis. I'm really excited about it. It's going to be fun and frivolous and silly and deep and I'm just really looking forward to it. So that's, you know, that's some fun stuff amidst all the work that I've got going on.
1: Mhm,
2: mm-hmm. How has well, it always been?
1: Well, as I was telling Phoenix before, we have our, we have our conversation before show and sometimes it's specifically about what we're talking about. Sometimes it's more like catch up on our own stuff. And um, because of, our beloved COVID and all that it has done (laughs) to our lives, Um, there have been a lot of things that you are either unable to do in person or because of whatever, it's even slower and more ponderous doing it, A, through the Internet or however, you know, the mail or Mm -hmm. whatever. And one of the things that was up for me this year outside of our regular, like, register your car thing, which actually went, I was ecstatic. It went so well. Like, here, go online, do this, you know, you know, and I, you know, e-check and whatever it is, I did, and and it, I got my paperwork within less than a month, and I was all fine and dandy, and my little tags. Well, I thought that was the way <laughs> it was going to be, because this year I had to renew my driver's license. Wrong, not even close.
2: <laughs> you know,
1: I did it. I figured I'm going to do it in September because you know, I don't want to wait till the last minute, number one, because I can't go in because there's no appointments, no in-persons, no nothing, um, blah, blah, blah. So I did it online thinking the same thing. I would get it within six to eight weeks, you know, what they're saying, and yada, yada. Well, we are now three months down the road, which is over 12 weeks, by the way, just for anybody that wants to go into weeks, (laughs) and I hadn't received it. And the reason that it suddenly came Barreling into my face was because a day my roommate had his he lost his wallet, so he had to go through the horrific experience of canceling credit cards and getting a duplicate driver's license. Well, getting the duplicate driver's license for him, he said, was easy, and it hasn't happened. But it's you know it's on task, and I'm like, oh shit, I haven't gotten my driver's license, so I have to go through the let's go online, talk to, I think it's um, Niles is the one that's online, bot, and he goes, sorry, I can't help you. You have to call this number. And I checked everything on the, on the website, and then I went and called the number. Well, here's the joy of going online, of uh, going to phone, is that you wind up getting put on hold because they've got excessive amounts of calls. No wonder. And yeah. they gave me an hour and a half
2: wait time. That's and crazy. It was three and a half hours, and I was still on uh, that, That's like the torture for me. I think I've mentioned this before, but, like, yeah. my, if I if I do end up in hell, it will be, like, in a constant customer service phone loop where I'm just dealing with red tape and bureaucracy. <laughs> like, that is the worst.
1: Yeah. Oh, Yep. Oh, yeah. And I even had at the time, now this makes it a more humorous story, is because of the on and off of the um, – our uh, power outages, my manual, it's not a computerized, it's not a new, It's but it's a Kenmore cold spot, um, has a tendency to get a, a, um, an ice clog. And so you call the appliance repair people. They come in, they open everything up, they scrape it, they put the little heat thing on, they melt it out, and it's fine. Well, guess what? I was on hold while, on DMV while this guy came in. We obviously had, you know, all the social appropriateness for, you know, uh, COVID issues and, and all that. He left, and I was still on hold, and I was having to go now to an <laughs> appointment. So I went to move, and I disconnected it. I was so pissed. Oh, so I no. called back, and I had to wait another hour because by the time I got where I was going and everything. And so finally I just started pushing buttons, and I guess they <laughs> – Milton or whatever his name is, it's not, it's, it's not Niles, it's Miles – that they have is their verbal. And he's trying to help me and i am he's not understanding. He said, would you like a person? I said, yes. Within two freaking minutes, darling, I got a human being.
2: Oh. Wow. After four hours. So now of, we know the, the trick. Just keep pushing buttons until you break the system.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then, then they finally said that's when they told me that they didn't have it. And by that time I was like ready to, you know, I couldn't strangle this poor person who's telling me that, but I was like going, can I do something? So, this week was a follow-up, and I wound up finding out that, yes, they've renewed my driver's license, which is good, but they're in the process of making it. And I have to – I'm leaving town in the middle of <laughs> December and flying, so I need it. But luckily I have a passport that's current, so that will help me, um, at least with ID. And then, of course, I found out that my flight – By the way, was changed. So that was that was all yesterday. And by the time I finished yesterday, I was literally ready to crawl onto the couch, get the dogs with me, put a blanket, put some weird thing on that. (laughs) I just listen on and just literally become a a puddle, you know. So it's not even Mercury
2: retrograde. (laughs) I know, and I did none of this
1: on Mercury retrograde. I did none of this on a Mercury retrograde. That's what I'm, I'm like going. Oh really? So
2: <laughs> that, means
1: that that was my that was my week to hear and and reading about the, the judgment card was actually very refreshing and it kind of recalibrated me because I did my I was doing my research yesterday evening after I crawled into bed and I said okay we're gonna do it here it's safe I feel protected <laughs> and I did it but um, yeah so yeah that's been my uh, excursion yours was kind of I took over all the drama
2: for you just so you know <laughs> okay. that. I know yeah that's yeah. nice
1: but um so let's just jump into you know our our well second to the last tarot card for our series yeah. which
2: is
1: judgment
2: yeah isn't that funny that we're it's like we're so close to the end at one point i thought, oh this will be a quick little journey of exploring the Major Arcana and then all of a sudden I was like we're never going to finish this thing and now here we are. (laughs) So this week brings us to the 22nd card no I'm sorry the 20th card which is the 21st in the in a row of the Major Arcana Mm -hmm. cards and we're uh mostly going off the rider smith version of this card, just for simplicity, and then we sort of arc off into a couple of different things, but in the Rider-Waite-Smith card we see, it's kind of a beautifully morbid card, actually. We see an angel. Um, it's supposed to be based off of the Christian story of resurrection or, or the, the final judgment. Um, And so there's this angel and there is, there's actually argument over whether this angel is Metatron or Gabriel, but the angel is playing a horn. He's playing this, this great angelic trumpet and calling all of the good souls of people who are being resurrected to come unto heaven. So you can see the angel and the clouds and the wings and the yellow hair and a flag of St. George, which is apparently referenced in the 15th chapter of the Corinthians in the Bible. I don't know what to say about that, except it's a note here. He was a military saint in the Middle Ages. don't know anything more than that because it's Christian iconography, so I don't know. Sorry. Uh, But you see... (laughs) You see, in the lower part of the card, it looks like an ocean, really. Um, You can see water or snow-covered mountains in the background, some people describe. It's the Sea of the Dead, some people describe. But there's all of these crypts, these tombs, and there are gray, like, sallow-complected people. The tombs are all open, and people are standing up with their arms uplifted like they're ready to be called to heaven. Um, and so you know it 's very much back uh connected to the book of revelation um There is a a winter quote unquote theme to this card because there is this ice in the background and it 's in this cold sea, and everyone is very gray um and sallow looking mm-hmm. uh, but that is the writer Wait Smith imagery of this deck and interestingly, judgment is a word that is often spelled wrong. Um, it's often spelled as J-U-D-G-E-M-E-N-T. It, that's not actually how the word is spelled. It's J-U-D-G-M-E-N-T. I often spell it wrong because it doesn't look right without that extra E in it. But in the imagery of this card, it is written with the extra E. It's mm-hmm. written as ju- judgment. So it's just I, I find that very similar, or not similar. I find that very interesting because it is technically misspelled. So there you go. Um, there is the, the imagery of the rider Waitsmith smith artwork for this deck. Well, and, um, and
1: along with just think of where the, the cards are moving to a, um, well, I would say closure, but it's actually, you know, a, a particular um, journey which may not be the end of the journey but it is a closing of that journey and when we started we had the high priestess with the water from her gown and the pools coming down and then you've seen water throughout and suddenly you have the scene here with all of this water which becomes more um, I would say they they likened it unto the cosmic mind the sea of the cosmic mind so Mm -hmm. the, the buoyancy of the very heavy sepulchers, um, being open with people, you know, themselves standing, they are naked, they are ready to make another transition and a renewal. So um, I found it interesting because the difference between this and another deck I will discuss later on as we, we're getting it, it, is very obvious. And I, and having mm-hmm. reread all my notes, I'm looking at this one as you're describing it, and I'm going, yeah, there is a difference. And, and mm-hmm. I can see why some of the, the other cards um, have more intensity. They have a different way of looking at something, and it's, it's, they get simple. Whereas this one, I think he's got yeah. a lot of
2: stuff in it. It's really interesting, too, because I I find that this card, more than any other card, has a lot of Christian influence on it. You don't really see that to the same degree as, um, actually, really, I don't see it at all. But this card is swimming with Christian um, imagery, and that's really interesting. And I find that most other decks change this card up a lot because there is something about judgment and being judged by a higher authority of whether you are worthy or not that isn't found in most other spiritual systems that are you know not not in that yahweh fold of of worship you know the the religions that hearken back to yahweh there is a judgment type Mm of uh you you shall not pass until you are deemed worthy but in most alternative religions that is not a thing and so i think you know the tarot has really become a a tool of those who are alternative, you know, alternative religions, alternative spiritualities or open-minded or whatever, where that idea of judgment of the higher authority telling you whether I'm good or not isn't really part of of our practice. So right. I'm not surprised that it, this card's been changed so much. Um, and, sure. you know, even like we've talked about this before, there's the soft deck, the Alistair Crowley Version of the tarot, and in the thought deck, this card is referred to as the Aeon, and it's sort of um, uh, it's much more like higher power, energy, Godhead reaching your own um, great God source. It's about your self-actualization and not mm-hmm. some outside forces approval of you. So mm-hmm. I thought sp- this card is really interesting to me because it kind of feels like the outlier; it doesn't quite fit
1: right right and you know i did find because there is a very there are certain things that have been carried over the triplicity the main triplicity is the thought the the man the woman and the child and the man obviously is representing the conscious conscious mind or the conscious aspect the woman is the subconscious but the child is the regenerated personality so Mm -hmm. it is that is where the rebirth comes in and the renewal, or as they would like to put it, twice born. Um, I find that uh, when you, if you pull out what this card in the Rider deck is and you look at it as what they're discussing, and even, as they say, the, the Paul Foster case, Builders of the Addendum deck, um, you know, they are – they are more the golden dawn. They are more as a parent. They will keep a lot of this, but they have, they, they've pared down things and given it a little bit more of a, um, there's more meaning in what they're saying rather than putting it into a religion. It's it's into a, a philosophy and spirituality. Um, the woman's arms are outraised, and mm-hmm. the, the, the the man's arms are crossed, and the child's arms are wide open, and his back is towards the, the child's back is towards you. And each of these represent a letter in the Hebrew tradition that spells a particular, you know, word. And so it's that kind of level that goes into that. Whereas here in the Rider deck, it is incredibly. You're right. It's very um, Christian. It is very into that that process, which in the entire deck, you know you don't really get that. You have a lot of, yes, it's overtones, but it's not so, like, in your face
2: as this one is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, and a lot of the older decks, you know, we've talked about this before, too, but the, the modern tarot is mostly based off the Rider-Waite-Smith, and Rider-Waite-Smith used older decks to sort of create the, the deck that is most popular now, and some hmm. of those are like the Tarachi deck or the, the, the uh, Tarot of the Marseille, some of these other more regional decks that were based off a of game and playing cards. And most often this card shows up as the angel. So not necessarily judgment, but this idea of a divine intervention or de- divine connection or, or in some cases judgment where the angel is casting um, judgment on the situation. Uh, but it is interesting to sort of see some of this shift in culture, mm-hmm. in spiritual movement, you know, in the in how this card has become what it is now.
1: Mhm. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So,
1: and you know, obviously, there it's they talk about, especially with the, the the what we will call lines, but there's seven lines that come out of the trumpet to represent blowing. And it's the seven tones, it's the seven notes, musical notes, which you know when you go back to seven and then the whole idea it's it's there's a lot of wrapping round of the symbology, even in the rider deck and the other decks that that get are um i don't want to say spin offs but are are things that they have taken and and reframed without the uh the kind of overtone that writer uh, put down, but it's you know the it's a twenty you know, and twenty is two tenths but interesting, and this is what I found fascinating is the ten, which of course is the wheel of fortune, completion, mm-hmm. but singularly, and so it is you know a a sense of a solo process where you're only you know it's part of your personal thing, but the 20 is a 2 and a 0. So it's 2, and it's almost like taking the the balance of, you know, the masculine, the feminine, the, the dualities, but balancing it and now being outside of the, um, the singular area, the personality, and going to the cosmic. So I think that, too, comes into play. In just the, the number of what they have put on this, but again, we there's a lot of references to numerology in the uh, in all of the cards. But this one seems to have a lot of layers.
2: Mm-hmm. The other interesting thing, and I don't this just kind of popped in as you were talking, so I don't know why or what this if this even has relevance. But you know, you're talking sort of about this duality and and that kind of energetic, and there is something very um, Queer in the I'm using that word and the deliciousness of that word about angels, and we don't tend to think of angels this way. We uh, modern folks often really masculinize angels, even though they're not masculine, even they have masculine names. That's about it. But angels traditionally, ancient way, anciently are non gendered, they have no gender, so there's something but. really even very um very clear about this card that I kind of am delighted by and I didn't make that connection until we just started talking about it.
1: <laughs> ah, okay. Well, there you are. Yeah, I know that yeah. you know when when I look at either of the you know the two that I'm looking at right now that have the angels or the angel is that it it has both a masculine and feminine look to it. It is not mm-hmm. singularly one. It it tends to be, it gets a little bit iffy there. I mean, yeah, short hair and, you know, but then they've got a sort of a fullness. And I I don't know. You're right. It, It kind of becomes neither one. And that is true. But, again, we're talking about a structure of making it in your image. You know, when they say God made us in his image, we kind of have to go with, a eh, the divine made us both, you know, in the image of what What are we going to go? We can go beyond making it as a male or a female.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
1: you know, I'm kind We're of... Or both or neither. Or both or neither. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Which puts, you know, us into an interesting sidebar, a little bit controversial or not, um, yeah. of, you know, gender consciousness and whether you are a gender or you are another gender or you are both or you are neither, you know, yeah. I mean, maybe that is the ultimate testimony to the ultimate divine source creation, uh, the creation of humans. Right. They don't have to be a gender. Yep that one is for another time if we want to really get into uh, spouting. But anyway, <laughs> so, <laughs> the actual meaning, you know, the divinatory meaning, of course, is is um, upright. We have to go through our process of saying upright versus reverse. Um, li- I like this. a life well lived, a work well done. I like that. Mm. You know, oh it goodness. isn't just about you know, awakening or, or coming to something that you you know, you're renewed from where you were to where you are. But I like that. So um, and reverse of course has a lot of, of weakness and disillusion and fear of fear of death. That in itself yeah. possible loss. Um, you know, then it gets into practical things like
2: separation
1: or divorce.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing yeah so, i think the reversal the, also the way i look at it is uh there is this well i guess the way i look at the judgment card straight up like regular description is about leveling up right like getting bigger stepping into the next phase acknowledging mm-hmm. you know you're you're ready for greatness or whatever so the reversal right. is like why are you holding yourself back? Where are you in fear or self-doubt? Where, where are you shutting off your greatness? Um, mm-hmm. You know, and not hearing the call. Because for me, and this probably will come up when I share with the deck I use, this is all about hearing the call. And so for me, the most important symbology in this card is the horn that's being played. You're mm-hmm. hearing the call. You know It's time so what is that call for is it for work is it for love is it for spirituality is it for you know something else you're hearing the call now it's the time to take action on that call uh you know and reversal is you're still hearing the call you're just in denial or fear or blah 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 and not letting those blessings come through right
1: right well said well said i know that um the um and of course because it has astrology, you know we have the, the dynamics. This is actually the planet Pluto, and I use the word planet. Thank you very much.
2: Um, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is the ruler of Scorpio and is exalted in Aquarius. So technically, that side of it harkens back to, and of course, Scorpio in the Tarot deck is death. So, you know, they're, I don't want to say they're a compliment, but there is a, uh, an understanding of, you know, dying to something and being reborn, whether it's in religion or it's, you know, a relationship or it's a job or it's just personal spirituality, is that transition into something bigger, And I think that also needs to be taken into account. It's interesting that they actually, in the BOTA, they also put another um, planet called Vulcan, which is, of course, Mm -hmm. the God of the Underworld and Fire, as part of the acknowledgement of what this card has, which I thought was kind of interesting. But I love the Hebrew letter, Shin, and I think of Martin Sheen, that's terrible. Um <laughs> it's it, not terrible <laughs> no actually considering the fact that I absolutely adore West Wing and then he totally reversed himself in getting older he wound up in uh, what is it Frank, uh, Gracie, Frank and Gracie where yeah. he is the complete opposite character but anyway it's basically tooth or fang or sharpness so I mean if you think about the concept of tearing something or um, moving it in a way that takes it apart, you know, either, you know, kills it, breaks it down, whatever. And, of course, the element of spire. I just was kind of tripped out by, um, again, the use of snake. And, and of course, it has um, its perpetual intelligence. And um, it basically doesn't have a pair of opposites, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of, and, and it's, that's a condensed version of what the um, <laughs> the, the uh, Paul Foster case is, because they go into a lot, as I said, a lot of the the, the um, minutia of what it is they talk about. And it's not a bad word, it's just they really dissect it and go in and talk about all the things. And I know we can, but this is not the kind of time. It's like we're trying to give you an overview, get you a feel of this, and then show that, you know, the decks that we use may not be directly related to these in the sense of the pictures, but they have a a different kind of way of coming to the meaning. So do you have anything else? Because we should probably take a break and then we'll go into our decks.
2: Yeah, let's do it. We'll, we'll be we'll be back in just a minute.
1: Yes.
0: You're listening to the Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron, a radio podcast on the LMC Radio Network. Stay tuned as more magic is coming your way right now. all-time specific, Add 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. com.
2: Back
1: again, you know, it just sort of seems like such a, I get so excited about the song, and I totally forget that we're supposed to end it and come back in, it's like, oh, Really? <laughs> Oh well, I get more involved with different things. Okay, so let's talk about our decks. You go
2: first, sweet. All right. Let me grab my little book here. I didn't have it open yet. Okay, so I read with the Druid Craft Hero deck written by Philip and Stephanie Mm Cargom. I really dig the artwork and the artist is Will Worthington, just to give him a little hat tip. Um and this deck is very druidy obviously cuz it's called Druidcraft but it's also got a lot of wicca influence and it's got a lot of celtic mythology influence so there's all of that kind of in here and the judgment card is very different in some ways from the traditional card for first off it's called rebirth not judgment mm. Okay. So it's the rebirth. And in the imagery, you see the temple at Newgrange, which is a sacred site in the United Kingdom. Um, mm-hmm. It is There is a young child, um, a, a young boy child who is naked, standing at the entrance of the temple space. And there is an older man dressed sort of like maybe a druid, whatever. And he's standing next to the opening. He's playing a horn. And then in front of the temple, there is a stone slab with, you know, swirls and sacred symbols and things carved on it. There's also a rabbit and some holly and ivy and oak, which are sacred plants. Oh, um, I'm sorry, not oak, mistletoe, holly, ivy, and mistletoe, uh, that are all sacred plants to the druids. So, in Philip and Stephanie's explanation of this artwork, they're saying that this is actually the fool as we have previously seen in the sun card. And that in the next card, the world, Ooh. we will see this figure again, who has been transformed into a non-gendered being. So it's Ooh. very much that cycle of the major arcana as a cycle of life type energy. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The the figure is supposed to be winter solstice, supposedly, although you can't tell that from the artwork. Uh, the priest slash druid is... Um, playing adored which is a ritual horn um, all of the symbols and swirls and the rabbit and the plants are all representations of uh, death and rebirth, regeneration renewal, all of that kind of into the cycle um, so this card is very much about the same idea of the judgment card as being reborn, renewed but it is much more so from that idea of of reincarnation and rebirth and leveling up rather than, you know, waiting for a divine being to tell you you're you're a good girl, right? Right, um, The keywords are about following the call, transformation, decision-making, which I think is a really important thing actually about this. One of the things that is interesting in this deck is they often give like a little bit of historical context. And here they're talking about um, the trumpet. In the, bronze, in the Bronze Age, doors were found all over Ireland in bogs and waterways because they were given as offerings. They would be, you know, thrown into the water. They're also played a lot like how a didgeridoo is played, where you have to have circular breathing in order to get it to play. And it would just keep mm-hmm. making noise, making noise. So there is something here about the... The imagery of that sound, of the call, of the magic of music, of of the of breath, right? Which is very much regenerative and all of that kind of fun energy. Um, mm-hmm. But they say that very much this card is a call to change, to renewal, to rebirth. It's about finding your, um, your reason for existence. It's time to take up why you are in this life. So it's pretty heavy shit, finding your vocation mm-hmm. and all that. Um, Pretty intense. Um, They talk about how this card is the counterpoint to the high priestess. uh, And that traditionally initiation is carried out by women. Uh, And it would have occurred within a temple, which has that womb slash tomb energetic of renewal, uh, which is a whole thing in, especially in Celtic mythology, but everywhere. Um, Uh When the cards are laid out in three rows, according to the levels of initiation in this specific system, the lover's card is directly above death. And then the next card is rebirth. So you would see in a, in a cycle of threes, looking at the cards, you have the lovers and then death as the next cycle and then rebirth as the cycle after that. And that's a very like Wicca cycle of, of energy. So it's, it's just interesting to me how different people peel things out. Um, but the message of rebirth is, you hear the call and awaken to the new light of day. you have entered the darkness and drunk of the cup of silence. You have chosen life and emerge reborn mm. You have chosen Hi. life and emerge reborn. That's pretty nice <laughs> yeah yeah well that's that's a plus for
1: for anyone yeah. that gets you know in terms of getting certain cards that you know when you do read and do this with, you know, yourself or others, and, you know, it's the idea of what else is around, so that's, you know, that's a very positive way of empowering in positive way. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sitting here just sort of savoring it like you do, you know, on something that you really like, so, but... um, Okay. So, um you have anything else you want to add to your about your, your tarot deck?
2: No, I think that's you know, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Mine is a little bit I mean, mine is called the Witch's Tarot and it's by Ellen Dugan and the artwork is by Mark Evans and it it's name is different. Um it's called Karma and I thought that was kind of when I got this deck and I started working with it. I was like, oh, okay, karma, uh-huh, goes around, comes around, got it, okay. But it's, it's basically showing three people with their hands joined and are raising them in celebration, uh, looking up at a total um, solar eclipse. And it's a family. Mm-hmm. It's a man, a woman, and a child. And they're gathered to celebrate the eclipse and they're standing before a magic circle with torches that are lighting their ceremonial area, and they're wearing uh, robes with purple sashes, and, of course, purple is a power um, color and is both spiritual and an intuitive one, so, you know, a a kind of good sense of what they're talking about here, and, of course, the distant fields are green and mountains, so we don't have the ice and snow um, as per se, but the light of course makes the, the color of the background and even the, the, the people um, sort of a gray because it's neither day nor night.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And it also reminds us that, you know, there are larger forces that work um, behind the scenes. And um, it of course, solar eclipses full solar eclipses were when they did um, magic and miracles were set in motion and this is also something you can look at in your own life as to when this card comes up um, and your own past experiences and you know asking the the most important thing is what have I learned from this or, you know, instead of being dramatic and I've learned never to love again and I will you know, that kind of thing, that's drama. But I mean, really looking at um, the process and finding um, a, a greater understanding. And uh, of course, in the meaning it's, you know, because it's the karma card, it's, you know, cycles and changes um, that have to be respected and, that everything happens for a reason, even if we don't know the reason. We can't get it from even one of our readers, two our readers, Um, but that basically things will come into your life to help you grow, and the idea here is that you're shaping your destiny, that it is not written in stone, and to beware of your actions, and on um, a physical level, but also on a magical level, which is quite every, you know, I mean... Karma always has its way, and so work consciously to create a positive transformation. Which is again, um, as a sidebar to being in the magical world and being a reader and having people that want to um, have the person. And I'm not saying horrid, terrible. You know, a, you know, somebody kills somebody, and you want that person to suffer. I understand even that, but and it's a bigger point of reference to try and rise beyond a certain amount of what we as humans would experience in that instance but you know you didn't get what you wanted or something happened and and they chose somebody else and now you want them to suffer Mm. until they come back to you so then you can kick them to the curb so they can feel the pain and agony I mean that kind of karma you know when I say that it's kind of like well yeah but here's the thing that I always find interesting is that if I, you do something in that, and you think, okay, well, then I'll have a relationship. This is this is a balancing of of the the karma? And it's no, 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 no. The cycle needs to shift, and that's when they say take a bigger um, a bigger perspective, and and you know learn and rise beyond. Again, rising, resurrecting beyond the the smaller part of this, and change it because mm-hmm. it won't necessarily come back at you in another relationship or this evens out what happened in your, it'll happen where it'll come back in a, in a relationship at work or it'll come back in something else. It does, it's never going to be tit for tat.
2: Just a right. little,
1: And I think that's the part that even in this card, when using that word, makes me go, please understand that it's changing things and avoiding yes, you're angry, you're hurt. We've all got it. None of us have not wanted the person that hurt us or a situation that hurt us to suffer. But there's a point where you have to shift it. You know. And, they, and It's right. interesting because one of the, the um, terms is the clarion call okay, and mm-hmm. there is a person who um, is very active in the I Am movement, and her name is Patty Kotoroblis, and um, her website is Ear of Peace, and she that's pretty much how she works with conversations when she starts talking in the clarion call, and then she will move on, and it is, I would say, less Christian, Christian, but still within that concept. And, and it's fascinating because when I read that in this description of the Rider deck, I looked at that and I go, well, that's true, even though I have a deck that boards it with karma. You know, um, mm-hmm. a clarion call to go beyond the cycle that brings you a lower vibration to a higher vibration yeah that's my deck, and you know I, I I find it interesting because sometimes when I get that card, it is to situation. I have to really look at the other cards to give me guidance because it isn't mm-hmm. always real clear how you can yeah. how you can word it or what it means.
2: Yeah. yeah, I think this one's interesting. You know, if you're doing like a one card poll, it, it's, you know, okay, you're leveling up, right? Like some something's about to shift into a higher vibration or whatever. But to know what that is or what the circumstances are or how to best approach it or whatever, you can't really mm-hmm. get any of that from this one card. And so that's, you know, that that's where your, the layout, all the other cards around it are really going to provide a lot more information. And, you know, I think we did a show on just general reading tarot i'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. so we've talked about this before um but you know sometimes someone comes to you for a reading or you go to approach your own cards for a reading and you have a very specific question you want answered but what the cards show you is bigger picture or a different situation or whatever because that's actually the thing you need to be focusing on. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's not whether your stupid lying, cheating boyfriend is going to come back, but actually the, the judgment card pops up and it's all about you taking on new responsibilities and growing and, and stepping into your life in a more, as a more, you know, controlled manifester of the destiny that you want and whether the stupid boyfriend's coming back isn't even important. So that's, For some reason, the judgment card always connects me to that. Like, what is the real reason you're getting a reading? It's not this frivolous, you know, I'm saying this very tongue-in-cheek, but it's not this frivolous question. There's bigger life things that you need to be paying attention to. It's not just this one circumstance. It's the the fullness of why you're here. Uh, And I find that the judgment card can take a reading that might be circumstantial or small potatoes it, you know in the grand scheme of things and make it like big steak slice stuff.
1: <laughs> right. It
2: can be intense well, and, or it can be
1: great. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, when you when you think about it, as I said I think several card back several cards back. Um, when you look at just the card and as we've talked about um the things that work when we start to do a show and and the experiences we may have or the things that come up. But the bigger, bigger picture is when you think of this card as judgment um, and what we are seeing in our country is that you've got a lot of people who are judging people and judging situations and being... uh, critical and in the, you know, being small. And then you have this section of saying, well, beyond that, get out of your fucking own way and look at what is the bigger picture and what's going on and where the, the best way to, to move forward is, as opposed to tearing tearing at each other. Um, You know, and uh, it's – there's a pause. It's like a pause that's that's between this one and the next one because you're pausing right now to resurrect, come and go beyond, and, you know, as you say, level, level, level out, Mm -hmm. go, and then move to the next one. And I – find that interesting in what we have experienced in our um, government political scene, and not just in the, what's happening with people in their, you know, communities, but that all of this and what's happening. (laughs) I find it, I'm not amused. Just realize that it's, you know, tongue in cheek, um, that everywhere we're turning, we're having pauses put, for instance, in the state of California, they are putting us in a um, semi-pause um, button by saying we need to be in by 10, and we can't be out running around unless you know. It's like if you're a, if you're in a, what do they call it? Uh, you, you deal with cars and breakdowns and things like that, and you're you know mm-hmm. dealing with that, and you are yeah on essential call, Essential services, and you can, and again, until five a.m. We had that at the beginning of COVID when they put us in a massively more structured lockdown during the day as right. well. And I'm yeah. thinking we're at a pause. We're at that moment right now in with this card <laughs> that we're doing that in a in a in a more. Um, Real world way to to cease for a little bit to to get a better perspective here and I don't know it 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 um, when I started reading this about this it made me calm believe it or not and I know that the card has mm. a lot of depth and it has a lot of intensity in its own right but it gave yeah. me a sense of calm and I went okay because I feel that's what's happening, not just in our individual lives. Like you were talking about things are in a certain way. um, There is a calmness within your intensity of what you need to do for your business and, you know, your writing and things. And I have the same thing just because I – itched about you know bmb and all of that truthfully <laughs> the, the general point of reference is that i was doing sitting at home on the freaking phone so i wasn't going anywhere i wasn't running around um in terms of that but my world has a has a an intensity but a calmness i have certain things that need to get done but they're not like i'm running helter skelter or staying at you know like late hours running all over the place. I, you know, I was thinking about the, I was actually talking to my roommate, saying, well, slash curfew, I'm, you know, is really not going to affect me any more than, you know, because I don't go out. I'm not out doing things.
2: Right. Yeah, me either. So,
1: you know, it, my world has already changed and some of it was already in place Before the whole process took place in March, anyhow. So I don't know. It's, you know, there are some things that have, you know, impact on me. But at this moment, I was just thinking about, as we've been talking about this card and going, wow. And I do want to share Mm -hmm. something. And I'm probably going to post this on our website, which is really, I mean, and I've been in a, in a particular place because I'm selling my place. I'm gonna right. working on trying to find a place in Arkansas and yada yada yada. But I'm feeling kind of, you know, like, well, I can't get things moving. I asked for help and I asked for help from both the other side where my my family and my um, and Matt and everybody are and I just said, Just need something here. I gotta get going here. I gotta find something. We had those frost days. And I have plants that I tarp or, you know, put cloth over, one of which is a gardenia tree. And she has always bloomed beautifully. Last um, summer she didn't bloom very much. And I was concerned, but she seems to be doing fine. And I was clothing, you know, I put the cloth over. And it was over for two days because the freeze was so cold at night and then it didn't warm up during the day. And I took the cloth off and there... On this tree is three buds of gardenias, flowers. Wow. And two of them had started to open up. One of them was pretty tight. And over the last, because that was last week, over the last week, both those gardenia flowers have flowered and opened. Mm. They're like open and the other one is budding and starting to open and I was just like if that isn't, you know, I mean this is the wrong time of the year for it. We didn't have a hot spell. We had a freeze spell. Right. In, you know, right. <laughs> yes, I, I clothed it and it may have warmed it but I don't think it warmed it and you know truthfully my personal feeling is that's a miracle and it was right. from the other side because My deceased husband loved gardenias, but he knew I loved gardenias. And um, so I started having, I, I go, okay, fine, this is important. So I get on, where do we go online? And I started looking up the meaning of gardenia. But the weirdest part is, is the number that is associated with the gardenia is eight. And that, of course, is also the infinity sign. So I was like going, okay, and I'm still digesting the meaning, but it is so I want to share that because, as I say, I'm going to post this because it is so unheard of. I mean, I'm not in a hot house, I'm not in a greenhouse. I'm not doing something where we are, you know, indoors growing something. It's out in the elements, and I was just like, I can't believe that. I mean, yeah. it's there. So profound, very profound. So I'm pausing and taking a moment with the the uh, judgment card for this because it's awesome. Nice. Love it. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, so that kind of my diet, my, my own monologue on it. um, No, I love
2: it. Yeah. And that takes us right to our time. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Ostensibly magically to our time of, of putting ourselves into, um, transition mode. Now, obviously, um, We will not be doing a show next Friday live. We will have a rerun.
2: Yeah, there will be a show, but it'll be a blast from the past. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because it'll be the day after Thanksgiving. And um, although, you know, I'm not having any wild Thanksgiving gatherings or going anywhere, but um, potentially I could have a very busy work day. So we're playing it cautious and then we'll finish up the major arcana exploration after that
1: with the card the world How profound. Yeah. <laughs> nice. and then the mystery will deepen because we will have to talk between Phoenix and I as to what we will be doing for probably the next month and a half right to get us through into 2021 so yeah
2: and here's to a better 2021 <laughs> yeah
1: I like that. And may it be so. So everyone have a wonderful and safe week or two weeks. And we will be back um, live in two weeks. So happy Thanksgiving.
2: Yeah. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.